So <laughs> how many of you know it's 2020? Yeah. 2020. How many thought Jesus would be back by now? I, I, I banked on it. I, I racked up my credit cards and I said, surely the Lord will be back. No, I didn't do that. I just kidding. <laughs> I thought about it though, but uh, no, I didn't do that. But uh, 2020, you know, so we thought about, we would do a series for four weeks right now. We're going to do a series called, uh, you know, 2020 vision, 2020 vision. And this is not going to be a vision for our church. It's a vision for your life. It's, it's developing a 2020 vision for your life. And today I'm really going to jump right in today and talk about what I believe is the greatest success habit that you can develop in your entire life. That if you will do this one habit, it will change your life in 2020. And uh, that, that success habit is consistently growing in our relationship with the Word of God. The power of the Word of God. That's what I want to talk to you about today. You know, I have some things on, on, uh, on the uh, table here. You can't see them all, but I'll, I'll just show you a few of them. I, the reason I had this analogy is I did this at the Christian school this week. So I, I, I had this hammer. And you know, there's scriptures in the Bible that talk about hammers, just so you know. And then I had this sword. It's not that intimidating of a sword, but, but it was a toy one. And so it's this wonderful sword. And then there's a mirror. You are so good looking. Anyway, anyway you've got to self-affirm. You have to affirm yourself every once in a while. And then there's a magnifying glass. And uh, there's seeds. So what do all these things have in common? Does anybody know? They are symbols of the Word of God. That's right. They're descriptions. They're in the Word of God, talks about them. And uh, this one is a lamp. And guess what? Isn't that beautiful? Amazing. And, uh, and uh, I stole that from my wife under her sink. She has this in case our house power ever goes. But I don't know if we'll ever find it, but there it is. And uh, you know what all these things also have in common? They have to be opened to be used. Seeds have to be planted. Food has to be ingested. Hammers have to be swung, uh, right? Magnifying glasses need to be peered upon something. If you want this to work, you actually have to open it. That's how the Word of God works. And so all these symbols we used uh, with the kids uh, this week to kind of teach them the power, the importance of getting into the Word of God. So this isn't just talking about the Word of God. It's actually employing the Word of God. And I want you to understand, you know, I'm going to be plowing through some scriptures today because I want you to see uh, the, the power and the intention of God's heart as listed and laid out in the Word of God. Let's start with one right in John chapter 1. It says, In the beginning, before all times, was the Word of God, and it was Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was continually in existing in the beginning. He was co-eternal with God. All things were made to come into existence through him. Without him, not even one thing was made that was come into being. In him was life, and the power of the, that the, the bestowed life, and the life of light to all men. Who is this person who is called the Word of God? Jesus Christ. 
He's actually called the Word of God. So he's the Word of God incarnated. He's the Word of God in flesh. But that doesn't really help us because we're saying, well, I I can't connect to Jesus. But do you understand that if you love somebody, you would leave them a way to connect to you? If God's heart and intention was to do life with you, don't you think that he would leave a way for you to connect with him and be connected to him? And that's through the written Word of God. Listen to how powerful Jesus really is. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of the spoken word. All things are held together. He is all these things. And God wants you to understand. He wants you to come into communion with him this year in 2020. That if you can develop this one habit. And I'm going to lay it out for the rest of the sermon. Just how many powerful things are available to you in the word of God. But you need to open it. You need to ingest it. You need to plant it. You need to to hammer it. You need to be... understanding that you must connect to the opening and the spreading and the connection of this word of God to really affect your life. Because if you will do that, you will begin to see some things change in your life. I remember hearing a a funny story, and this is an older story. Kids, this is before you had cell phones. This is before, you know, you had Facebook. This is before all those things. And uh, so this young guy, he went to college and in preparing him to go to college, he had to travel. And at that time, they would write a thing called letters, kids, <laughs> letters. And so when the kid went to, to college, he went to college, and his parents said to him, we want you to take this Bible because all the answers that you're going to need are found in this Bible. Just read it. And so after about th- three months in college, he, he writes a letter back to his parents saying, great, everything's wonderful, but I need money. And his parents write back and they say, with some scriptural references, say, just read these references in the Bible and everything will be okay. He says, writes a letter back, mom and dad, I'm reading my Bible, but not everything's okay. I still need money. They send him back another letter. So this is taking weeks. You following me? They send him back another letter with more scriptural references. And he's like, I'm not getting anything. Finally, he comes home for the winter break and he comes home and his parents say to him, we know you're not reading your Bible. And they say, he says, how do you know that? He says, they say, because we tucked $50 and $100 bills into every single verse that we cited to you, but you did not open your Bible. (laughs) That kid was ripping through that Bible like never before. That is some smart parents right there, just so you want to know. Thank God the kid didn't pawn the Bible off. That would have been something else, eh? (laughs) Brand new Bible for sale, five bucks. Oh boy. So I I, I found these on the internet. I thought they were really fun about the Word of God, just to give us a little bit of fun. These were British uh, children's answers to questions about the Bible and the Word of God. So here's what they had to say. Uh, Noah's wife was called Joan of Arc. Okay? I love this one. The fifth commandment in the Bible is to humor Thy father and mother. How many of you know a lot of kids actually do that? This is my favorite one. I think it's wonderful. Betty, just listen to this. Lot's wife was a pillar of salt by day and a ball of fire at night. Amen and amen. All right, all right, all right. There we go. Here we go. (laughs) The Pope lives in a vacuum. That's good. 
I love this one. The patron saint of travelers is St. Francis of the Seasick. <laughs> and with election year in the U.S., this is good. A Republican is a sinner mentioned in the Bible. It's not true, actually. It's, yeah. Uh, I love this one. The natives of Macedonia did not believe, so Paul got stoned. <laughs> Think on these things. The Lord will give you understanding. And lastly... I love that this is very true, more true than we realize. The first commandment was when Eve told Adam to eat the apple. There you go. <laughs> Just so in case you were wondering. So, uh, you know, we, we need to get in the word of God this year, church. Like never before. And I think as, especially as this world kind of goes more crazy and goes down a, a, you know, a road of we're like, what is going on? How many of you know the answers for your life and the answer for those things is in the word of God far more than we realize. And there is far greater value than $50 and $100 bills if we will get the word of God and open it and embrace it and put it into our lives. Well, let's pray and then I'm going to skip a stone across some of the reasons why you need to engage in the word of God this year. So, Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. Bless us, be with us, fill us now. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we will know you better and that we will know the hope to which you have called us, God, and that we will know and love your word. God, I pray that your spirit will come and just teach us today and encourage us to get in the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, here's the first reason I'm going to tell you to open your Bibles. Here it is. Uh, the Word of God reveals the God of the Word. And, and I, over the last few weeks, I preached on this. So I'm not going to really elaborate on this, but we talked about the fact that, you know, so much of our life is shaped and framed by our ideas of God. Is your God distant? Is your God close? Is your God an ever-present help in the time of need? Is he right in your situation, or is he across the city, like, like Megan was telling us? If, if, is he in another room, and he's not here, and why isn't he here? You know, your ideas of God shape so much of your life, and the Word of God will reveal not only the will of God, it will, it will reveal the ways of God, and it will reveal the wonder of God. You know, sometimes you just need to think about the wonder of God. You need to think about how awesome, how incredible, how loving, how merciful, how kind, how gracious, how good God really is. You know, sometimes there isn't an answer for what you're going through. Yesterday we were in this building and there was probably close to 700 people here as we had a funeral for a beautiful young girl from our community who was killed in an accident. And it was, you know, just trying to find answers and grappling with that, what, what was going on. How many of you know the word of God came in and, and started to give some comfort to the family and some direction to them? It was beautiful that way. You know, what's your picture of God when life breaks in around you? I asked you guys a few weeks ago. God's word will help you to have a proper construct of what he looks like and what he's like. That's one good reason to be in the word of God. Here's the second one. The word of God has the power to change our lives. It has the power to change us. This is not just a normal book. This is a supernatural book. And it's supernatural seed that can really change your life. Listen to what this says about the word of God. 2 Corinthians 3 says this. And all, uh, all of us who with unfailed faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. 
You are created in the image of God. Every single one of you in this room is an image bearer. You bear the image of the living God. I am sorry, but humans are more important than any other animal in this world. You are the most important creation of God because you are created in his image. I'm not belittling the other creation, but I'm saying right here in this room are the most important beings in the universe. Right here. Because you're created in God's image. And, and understand something. That image has been marred. That image has been broken somewhat. And as we get in the word of God, I want you to understand that God's word begins to reconstruct us, begins to rebuild us, begins to reorient us toward truth, and it begins to change us. But one of the things that you must comprehend about God's word and about changing your life is that it does not happen with, I'm just going to make a habit this week and I'm going to be changed by next week. No, 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 no. The, the changes that God wants to do in your character and in your life take a lifetime and at times they are almost imperceptible at times the changes are so minute that you don't notice them yourselves have you ever seen somebody that you know and then and then you see them maybe a year or two later and you notably notice a change in them and yet they never you say man you've changed so much since last really I don't I didn't see it myself because, you know, you don't see some things. You know, I, the, the, I always say the slowest, uh, you know, aspect of your life, the slowest thing is spiritual formation. It's the slowest of all human ende endeavors, one writer once said. It's glacier. <laughs> it takes a lifetime for you to change. And I want you to know that who you are around in your life, who you spend time with, will begin to shape you into that image. How many of you have ever met a, a, a child who is like a, a father, a son who's like a father, or a daughter who's like a mother. And you're like, man, they're just a spinning image of them. They're just like them. They're so much like them because they, they reflect who they are. They reflect who they are to the world. How many of you have ever spent time with a negative friend? And something strange begins to happen to you. You ever notice that? Anybody? What happens? You become negative. And it's like, where did that come from? Where, where, when did that happen in my life? Wow, why did I bite at that person? Or why did I say that? Or why did I make that statement? You know, we, be, we become who we're around. And that's the word that God wants us to understand. He wants us to grasp that if we will spend time with him in the word of God, that we actually be start to become like him. And listen to this psalm. I love it. Psalm 17, 15. I love this. It says, as for me, I will continue beholding your face in righteousness, rightness, justice, and right standing with you. I shall be fully satisfied when I awake to find myself be beholding your form and having sweet communion with you. Another version says it this way. I will be satisfied when I awake and I see your likeness. That's a good goal for 2020, amen? That's a good habit to have, that God, I'll be satisfied when I wake up and I start to see your likeness. That's a beautiful thing. Well, that was number two. Here's number three. The word of God has the power to convict you and keep you free from sin. Let me just read this. And, and again, if you want to just spend some time talking about the power of the word of God, go to Psalm 119. 
But let me read a portion of that psalm. And young people, listen to this carefully. It's a very powerful portion. How can a young person live a clean life? By carefully reading the map of your word. I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs that you've posted. I love this line. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so that I won't sin myself bankrupt. Mic drop. Come on. You say, what version is it? This is the Message Bible. It's a good one. Be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. I'll transfer to my lips all the counsel that comes from your mouth. Was there a hint in that scripture about how to engage the word of God? I store it up in my heart, Lord, so I'm not bankrupt. I put it on my lips, God, and I speak it. Guys, the word of God, it's not just a book to read. Oh, this is so boring. What am I reading? You know what? Engage the word and God will engage you as you read it. You know, I'm telling you, there's power. I was reading this story recently about uh, Alexander Rostovov. And he was a, a matinee idol in Russia. And he was in a play in, in, uh, in uh, the Russian capital, in Moscow. And in this play, it's kind of a, it was a sacrilegious play. It was called Christ in a Tuxedo. He's reading the Beatitudes. And while he's reading the Beatitudes, after he gets through the second Beatitude, he's to strip off his robe, because he's dressed like Jesus. And he says, bring me a tuxedo and a top hat. And he's supposed to start dancing and singing. But as he's reading the Beatitudes, he just keeps reading. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. He begins to tremble on the stage and keeps reading the text. And people are hooting and coloring because he's, he's totally disrupted the lines and this whole dance routine that's supposed to be breaking out. He keeps, he starts weeping and reading the passage and finally he breaks down and he says, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And as the curtain closed, Rostovsov had trusted himself to Jesus Christ and found salvation while performing the play. That's the power of the word of God. Do you know, I've read many times in Hollywood, even actors who have who portrayed Jesus Christ in different movies become believers as they're studying the word of God in order to prepare for the play. It's incredible. This word, church, has power. That's why Jesus said when he was praying in John 17, the high priestly prayer, he says, sanctify them, purify them, consecrate them, separate them for yourself, make them holy by the truth, O God, my Father. Your word is truth. This is his word, his calling out to the last things he's thinking about when he's on planet earth. Jesus Christ is speaking over your life and my life that we would have a passion for the word of God in our lives. Hallelujah. Remember though, spiritual formation is the slowest of all human activity. You need to meditate on the word. It's not just about reading it. You know, I was thinking about the word cud. You know, I don't know a lot about cows, but apparently they have what, four stomachs? And they'll chew something and put it in that one stomach. And then they'll transfer it back up and chew it some more. Come on. When you do that, it's not pleasant. But I mean, for a cow, it's apparently a good thing. But this is what they're doing. You understand that this is the word cud that's coming up. And God is trying to teach us, regurgitate this, speak it, eat it, chew it. This is what the word meditate means. It means you're, you're literally chewing a cud. 
you are, you're, you're going over and again and again. You know, I'm not talking about quantity here, church. I, I, I appreciate when people say, I've read the Bible 63 times. Yeah, but has the Bible read you? Is it in your heart? Is it in your mind? Is it in your mouth? Are you allowing it to reveal things in your life that it's speaking to you and transforming you and revealing God to you? That's what the word needs to do in your life and mine. Listen to how powerful this book is. Hebrews 4, 12 to 16. This is the Amplified Bible. Whew, i got to slow down here. For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, of the joints and the marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's the Bible. That's that supernatural book we're talking about and celebrating today. God wants to change you. He wants to transform your life. But you have to get the word of God into you. I read something the other day that you can read uh, the the first eight epistles of the Bible in the time that you can watch a movie. (sighs) Imagine if we read the Bible with the intensity that we watch television and movies with. That's a little separate one. That's a little slide separate. Here we go, here we go. Okay, the word of God guards our heart from hurt and from evil. That's a good thing, isn't it? If the word of God is guarding your heart, listen to this. My son, pay close attention to the words. Consent and submit to their sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of it flows the wellsprings of life. Church, listen to me. The word of God is the fluoride of the soul. (laughs) It just, it coats and covers. It's the enamel. It's the protector. It's the thing that gets in you and on you and it's sticky and, and it's awesome and just get it all over you. It'll change your life. You know, I want you to meditate and think about the psalm, you know, the, the psalms. And, and one of the disciplines I think that you can get into your life, you say, I really don't read the Bible. You know, one of the great habits you can get into is just reading the book of Proverbs every day. Whatever chapter it is, read that day. You've heard me say this 50 times. Read that day's chapter in the morning before you start your day. Read the book of Proverbs and just, if it's the 16th, read chapter 16. You'll go through the book of Proverbs once a month. And I'm going to guarantee you that within two years of doing that, you will notice a transformation in your life. It's crazy. You think two years, well, Pastor Greg, give me a goal for next week. Okay, read the chapter of whatever day it is on. So what day is it today? The 19th. You're going to go home and read? Chapter 20, Doug Fraser said. So this is why... He's the older and I'm the wiser brother. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Doug. Uh, Thanks for the tickets for the hockey game yesterday. It was really good, by the way. So good. (laughs) So I was, I'm going to tell you, you know, uh, a while ago I was, I was feeling discouraged about something. And so what do you do? Eat Doritos. Of course, that's what you do. No, 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 no. 
You can't always turn to Doritos. So you turn to the Word of God. So I'm going to put up on a scripture just this one portion of text, and we're going to read it together. And I want you to think about what I did was I meditated on this text, and how I meditated on it was I just let it paint a picture. Like, what did that phrase mean to me, and how do I see that picture? So this is Psalm 42, and this is from the Passion Translation. And your translation starts off by saying, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. But listen to what it says in the Passion. And I want you to close yourself in, or I want you to read along with me. Either way, you read along with me, or you let it paint a picture as I read it out loud to you. You can join me right now if you want. I long to drink of you, O God, drinking deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. My longings overwhelm me for more of you. My soul thirsts, pants, and longs for the living God. I want to come and see the face of God. Day and night, my tears keep falling, and my heart keeps crying for your help. While my enemies mock me over and over, saying, where is this God of yours? Why doesn't he help you? So I speak over my heartbroken soul, take courage. It goes on and says, so then my soul, why would you be depressed? Why would you sink into despair? Just keep hoping and waiting on God, your Savior. For no matter what, I will still sing with praise for living before his face is my saving grace. You know, if you memorize the Bible, it's one of the ways that you get it into your spirit. In fact, many of the early church fathers believed that that was one of the greatest ways actually to get the spirit of God and the the word of God working in you. Memorizing large portions of scripture. Well, let's jump on. The word of God in you increases his ability in your lives. How many want greater ability in your lives? Well, even in the word of God, listen to this. Listen, this is, this is so cool. It says, study and be eager to do your utmost to present yourself to God, approved, trusted as in the trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. That's pretty good. Let me give you another scripture that kind of adds to that scripture, and this one is really good. Mark 4, 24, and he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to those of you who hear. The measure of thought and study that you give to something determines its strength in you. That's pretty interesting. How many of you know thinking about the word of God gets spiritual power into your life? You know, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Uh, how many of you have a bulletin? Hold up your bulletin and wave it at me. Like a wave offering. There you go. Do you know that in the, in the bulletin, if you open that bulletin up, there's a, there's a section of that bulletin that has basically thoughts or questions from the sermon today. And you say, why would you do that, Pastor Greg? Because here's the intention, that you will take what you're learning on Sunday and that you will begin to study it further. 
So then you take it home and you, you actually answer the questions. You read the Bible scriptures that we reference there and you begin to allow that to get into your spirit. And then, do you know that we used to run all our care groups? Now there's a few care groups that do it this way. They run then what you've just talked about and learned, what you've learned on Sunday, and then you've taken and multiplied it and, and gone into your spirit and you've read the word and then they take it and they go through it in their care group. I think Ryan and, and Robin Martin are doing their care group based on that, aren't they, Pastor Peter? Yeah, they are. So if you're not, you're, you can join that care group. Now, you want to know something? You know what was astounding to us? Every one of our care groups that used to run in our curriculum is how many people came to the care group having not even opened the curriculum. <laughs> there was always one person who opened the curriculum. And her name was Marion Agri. And Marion would phone me and say, what did you mean by this question? What were you saying when you said this? What are you? And she would take that. Do you understand what she was doing? She was meditating. She was going over. She was chewing the cud. She was drilling down into that truth. And I'm going to tell you, the best Bible study group that you could be part of was Marion Agri's. Amen. Because God's word, listen to me, church, is not just seed for thought, but it's supernatural seed. It's supernatural because it reveals the supernatural one that you are connected to in your life. It's supernatural. You know, the Proverbs tells us that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Have you ever done this? Have you ever done this? Okay, let me just give you a little experiment. It's like, like this. The more I thought about it, the angrier I became. Anybody ever done that? Don't put up your hand. Like, yeah, wives are looking at husbands. Oh, I told you right there. That's exactly what I was saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is power in your words, church. What you're meditating on, what you're thinking about. You know, it's incredible to start to turn that toward the word of God. You know, I had this kind of profound experience over the last uh, couple months. Last month, really, my wife was away and I really didn't know what to do with my life because she wasn't there. So then I had to think. I had to think. I had to like, where's sugar? I don't know what even know what sugar looks like. Where is it in my house? I had to think. But anyway, I'm telling you that kind of jokingly. But what happened was the Holy Spirit began to deal with me on some things and he's saying, your self-talk is not very healthy right now. <laughs> and he began to capture moments of my thinking and reflect them back to me. What, what are you thinking about there? Why are you being so negative about that? Why are you being so judgmental? Why are you being so hard on yourself? Now, do you think God's telling me that to condemn me? No. He's showing me that he's revealing that to me to set me free. And when you start thinking about what you're thinking about, it'll change your life. You know, that last parable is the parable of the sower that I was reading in Mark chapter 4. And it's really interesting because I'm, I'm challenging you that one of the greatest success habits, I mean, you know, this is like a sales pitch. The greatest success habit you can have in 2020 is to get in the Word of God. It'll change your life. Now, there are four hearts hearing this message right now, according to that psalm or that, that proverb that Jesus was teaching, <laughs> that parable. Hard hearts. When is this guy going to shut up so that I can get to be first in line at Swiss Chalet? Oh, chicken. Oh, gravy. 
Oh, what do you say? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Heart, heart. <laughs> right? Then there's a second heart the Bible warns about or talks about the shallow heart. Oh man, I'm going to get into the Bible tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be the start of me getting in the Bible. Tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be so awesome. You know what happens tomorrow? Tomorrow I'm going to get in the Bible. Tomorrow I'm going to get in the Bible. You know, there's no such thing as tomorrow in, in the kingdom of God. There is only the ever-present now. Come on. The clutter heart says, oh, you don't know the problems I have. Read the Bible. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Blah, 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 blah. Winter pastor's going to say something original. Helps me. That's a cluttered heart. And then there's the good heart. By the way, you want to be in the fourth category, just in case you were wondering, if you're taking notes. <laughs> the good heart is like, you know what? I do need to get in the Word more. Maybe I can create the habit of just reading the book of Proverbs every day. You know, it takes you only about 10 minutes to read a chapter a day of the book of Proverbs. First thing in the morning while you're having a cup of coffee. You can do that. You can download a great Bible app called the version, and there's all kinds of stuff in there that'll help you. By the way, version, Y-O-U version, Bible app. That'll help. I'm going gonna to go on. The Word of God gives us supernatural faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. How important is faith? I mean, I could go off on this forever and ever. It says you're saved by grace through faith. You receive the promises of God by faith. You live the abundant life by faith. You overcome the world by faith. You bring pleasure to God by faith. Faith is important, and faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Get in your Bibles, church. The Word... Greater reveals the great God that we are placing our faith in. That's good. Well, the Word of God teaches us truth. You want to know stuff about stuff? Read the Word of God. The Word of God will teach you about yourself. It'll teach you about others. It'll teach you about humankind. It'll teach you about sin. It'll teach you about past, about pleasant, present. It'll teach you about managing things, managing time, managing relationship, managing finances, social issues, receiving miracles, prospering in every area of your life, pitfalls to avoid, habits to form, breaking habits. The Word of God will teach you on these things. This is a powerful book, church. Powerful, powerful, powerful. The Word of God gives you direction. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen? You guys ever remember, I think I told you this story. I have a great analogy of the word that needs to be the lamp unto your path and a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path. One time we were fishing in interior BC and you're at the river and you're fishing and you're desperately trying to catch a fish so you can outfish your brother. And then you turn around and realize it's gotten dusk and you look back into the forest and it's pitch black. And I'm not talking, this isn't like driving your car to the pond. This is climbing up a mountain, going down the mountain and then through the forest to get to the river where no other human being has ever fished and there's a reason there's no other human being that has ever fished there. But when you're in that moment, you're like, oh my gosh, what do we do? So you get up on a hill and you see the light to where you need to go and then you plunge back down into the valley and all you have is the light that you can shine on your next step. Yeah, that's the word of God. God will maybe not give you the whole path, but he'll give you the next step. He'll give you the next step and just take that step, take that step and then suddenly you come up on the hill. Oh, there it is. I gotta reorient. I gotta go this way. 
You go back out into the valley. You know, most of our life is lived in the valley. <laughs> you better have a good light. Amen? Hallelujah. The word of God gives us direction. Do we have that video, Pastor Rick? I don't even know if I asked you to load it. But, and you did it. You are a good man. Hallelujah. Let's watch this video that I didn't ask Pastor Rick to load, but he in his wisdom said, I better read Pastor Greg's notes. He never tells me what to do. Here we go. Let's watch this video together. A recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled 40,000 uh, uh, general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80, and they just wanted to see how we are engaging with Scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. It, they weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, when we're in the scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday, that's pastor saying you open your Bible, we hear the message, one time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'll, I'm gonna spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect. Now at three times a week, there was a blip on the map, like there was a heartbeat. Something happened, again, a heartbeat. Okay. But here was the profound discovery. When we're in the scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. You would expect that it'd be one, two, th I mean, there'd be a gradual incline right. on the effect and impact that would have in your life, but it was literally one, two, three, four, something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this what, extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow. Ang four times a week in the four Bible. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in the scripture? If they're in the scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith wow. jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, that's amazing right there. Okay, so there was some pragmatic study done, 40,000 people in that study, and these are the things they discovered. How powerful is the Word of God, church? My wife was telling me that she was watching that video on abortion, and uh, that when people showed up to pray at the abortion clinics, that the abortions went down like a staggering percentage the day they were standing there praying. Church, you have such power available to you. Greatest success habit to have 2020 vision for 2020 is re-engage with the word of God. I'm not telling you this to condemn you. I'm telling you this to give you hope and life and light. I'm gonna show you one thing and I, I'm not doing this for any reason. Please mis don't misunderstand me. This is a handwritten New Testament and the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms. And so this is a handwritten Bible. I'm still actually finishing a few of the books, just a couple more to go here, uh, that I gave to my son on his 13th, 14th, 13th, 14th birthday. 
And I gave it to him because I said, son, I want you to know the power of the word of God. And it's taken me years to write this. And I'm, I'm, I'm not that disciplined guy that writes a chapter a day. I would write a chapter this week and then forget about it for a month and then write two chapters to make up for it. But this whole book, and then when I really loved a chapter, I wrote it out twice. Romans 8, I said, Mitch, this is the best chapter in the Bible. I gotta write it twice for you. And so this was the gift for my son. When I'm done this, I wanna write one for my daughter. And then when I have grandkids in the next six or seven months. <laughs> and my wife said, that, amen, that was your cue. Whew. This baby, you almost... <laughs> Let me ask uh, just uh, maybe somebody on the keys to come back up. We're just going to close, and I'm going to tell you one more story. Church, just commit to the Word of God this year. Like, I, I, don't, I don't care what you got to do. Turn off the TV half hour early. Or, or tell yourself, actually, before you watch TV, as a reward for watching, I'm going to actually discipline myself to spend 20 minutes in the Word of God, then I get to watch TV you'll find that you actually don't watch as much TV. You just start building on habits. Build a habit on a habit. If your habit is to start engaging with the Word of God, the minute, or sorry, the television set, the moment you get home, well, then just build a new habit and say, before I turn on the TV, I'm going to read my Bible. And what you do is you put your Bible on top of the remote. So I'm going to tell you a story from a long time ago. It was back in the turn of the century, actually. Not the 20th, but the 18th and 19th century. A man in Kansas City was severely burnt in, a, in an industrial accident. He was a young man. There was an industrial accident that was terrible. And he'd be, he was a new Christian. He had become a new Christian just before the accident. And in the accident, he actually lost his hands. He lost his eyesight. And was terribly disfigured and burned. And one of the great things that he discovered that he could no longer read the word of God and then he heard a story about a lady in England who had invented a way for blind people to read called braille and so he ordered the bible in this braille and it came to him and of course he had no hands he had no hands so he put the word of God to his lips so he could touch the but he, you know what he found out the burn actually had destroyed all the nerves in his lips and as he was sitting there forlorn his tongue just happened to touch the raised letters of the braille and he realized that he could read with his tongue and in the writing of this book and called the power of the word of God the man had read through the Bible four times completely with his tongue church this is a powerful book and if you will make it your priority habit of 2020 I'm telling you it'll change your life start with a little something and let it build from there amen let's pray God we want to have a greater vision for 2020 for our lives and you say the greatest thing we can do is engage with the word of God so Spirit of God, right now move across this place. 
capture hearts and minds and imaginations so that this word is planted in the hearts that are good hearts and good soil that produce a beautiful harvest of fruit and righteousness, Lord. Help us to engage with the word of God. And if you're here today, I'm just going to give you an opportunity. And this is between you and the Holy Spirit. And what it means to you and the Holy Spirit is not anybody else's business but yours. That you will just say, Father, help me to have and develop a greater habit of engaging with the Word of God this year. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I raise my hand. give you an opportunity if you do not know the God of the word the Bible says that he is as close as the mention of his name and if you will open your life and heart up to him right now if you will say Jesus come into my life forgive me for the various things I've done wrong in my life for the things that I've sinned against heaven and against others Forgive me and come into my heart and into my life and make me new. You know, Jesus promises that he will come in. He will change you. He will start the process of transformation. If that's you here today and you need to say, I'm giving my life to God, I want to give you that opportunity because it was in a service like this that I made that change. You know what? Just wave at me. Raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I remember my hand being so heavy when the pastor asked me 30-some years ago to raise my hand. But when I did, the transforming power of the Spirit of God came into my life, and I began to love His Word. If that's you, just raise your hand and wave at me. You're that important that I'm waiting for you. Yes. Yes, Lord. Thank you for these, God. Bless them, I pray. 